0: Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people. I'm also the author of two books, How to Manage Your Home Without Losing Your Mind and What's the other one? Oh, yeah. Decluttering at the Speed of Life. Um, both have over 500 reviews over on Amazon. And uh, you can go to slash book to find out more. They're available in any format you like to buy books paperback, um, Audible, Kindle, Nook, whatever. Okay. Um, we are talking today about downsizing cleaning out the whole house, meaning like downsizing as in we're moving and we're moving to a whole lot smaller space with the idea being that we're talking about helping a family member move into the next phase of their life, assisted living, nursing home, whatever, even if it just be downsizing, just the idea of downsizing, which is something that, you know, kind of has to happen for a lot of people. So we're going to be talking about that. Uh, But all these same things will apply, even if it's you who are moving, or even if it's you who are downsizing, you know, moving into a smaller home or whatever, just these are all things. And and beyond that, this experience, having helped my in-laws move into assisted living out of the home where they lived for almost 50 years. That experience helped me view my own home differently. So even if you're not at a place where this is your situation, that you're helping someone do this or you're doing this yourself, my hope, listening to this podcast, because I know I love you guys and so many of y'all just listen to all of them and don't pick and choose and you just listen to every single one. But anyway, my hope is that it would help encourage you to look at your home differently because this is reality that we all have different life phases, And the one that comes at the very end, you don't get to take any stuff with you. So sometimes transitioning into that phase of life, that's where all the stuff that's been collected over the years starts to be a huge weight and a huge hassle that just makes everything more difficult. So viewing, remembering that this is a process that everybody Is going to have to go through at some point, either in that you are downsizing and you have to move from the space you've lived in and collected stuff in forever, not forever, but you know what I mean, for years and years and years into a smaller space, or the fact that you may get to live in this space forever and somebody else is going to have to do this one day. But this is one of those reality checks of this is how this all works. And my personal experience, and what we found to work well, and you know, just also based upon the whole fact that I've written books about decluttering, and I'm a decluttering expert, and blah blah blah. Anyway, so taking that, listening to this, and helping it hopefully change some of the perspective on some of the stuff in your house, because I know for me personally, this experience has changed how I view my own stuff. Anyway, before we get into that though, I do want to remind you, if you are listening to this this week, that next week. September 19th, which is Thursday night. If you are in the Dallas area, specifically south of Dallas, I don't think I've spoken south of Dallas before, but, um, I will be speaking, uh, at a ladies night out in Waxahachie, Texas from, and it's actually from five to nine. I don't think you have to be there right at five. I don't think I'm speaking right at five anyway, but we're doing like a craft and there's dinner and all this, but you do have to RSVP. And so I will put, um, it, it's at a slash speaking. It has the email address for you to RSVP, which I totally thought I had written in my notes for this podcast, but I didn't. So guess what? It's not there anyway. You know what stinks? Not me. <laughs> I had the chance to try out native deodorant native creates simple, effective products that people use in the bathroom every day with trusted ingredients and trusted performance. They have 8,000 five-star reviews from customers. I have tried out two native deodorant scents, coconut and vanilla, which smells delicious. I know I said delicious for deodorant, but for real, it smells delicious. And cucumber and mint, which is a lighter smell, but it's also a really great scent. I have really liked them. They stay smelling great, which means I stay smelling great all day long. Less is more with native. They have fewer simpler ingredients. So, you know, everything that's in your deodorant native comes in a wide variety of enticing scents for men and women, and they release new limited edition seasonal scents throughout the year. There's also an unscented formula and baking soda free formula for those with sensitivities. There's no risk to try. They offer free returns and exchanges in the USA for 20% off your first purchase. Visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code clean during checkout. Again, for 20% off your first purchase, use nativedeodorant.com and use promo code clean during checkout. All right. So let's talk about this. Um, Decluttering is one thing. Clearing out the whole house. It's another thing. Okay. So decluttering you know it's getting stuff out of your house but the reason and the focus of me talking about decluttering you know and teaching decluttering and the reason that i have decluttered in my own home you know my my story is that i was completely overwhelmed by my home it was a complete disaster i was embarrassed to let anyone in i i would have parties but i needed 2 weeks to be able to be ready for those parties i would spend one week Um, saying that I was decluttering, but really just stuff shifting, shoving everything in the master bedroom, because I could lock that door. And then I would clean for a week after that. So um, my story is that in total desperation, I was like, I have got to change things. And that's how I started this whole, what used to be anonymous, a slob comes clean, that has brought me to this point. Um, But a big part of my own process has been decluttering. And my goal not that I knew what my goal exactly was in the beginning. I just couldn't stay in my home and couldn't live in it well. Um, but the goal of decluttering is to bring the amount of stuff in your home down to what you can personally handle and that allows you to live well in your home, to live the lifestyle that you envision and that you want in your home, bringing the amount of stuff down to meet that and make that possible, okay? So that's decluttering. But clearing out the whole house is a different thing and there's decluttering involved in it. I mean, that's a big part of it. You are getting stuff out, which is decluttering, but clearing out the whole house is going from whatever level you're at to it's empty, that's where we're coming from here. So just understanding that that's what we're talking about. We're talking about actually clearing out the house, getting it ready to sell, um, having it ready for the next people to move in, whatever it is that you're doing. That's, that's what we're going with today. Like I said, we're all going to be there eventually and let this dread, because that's honestly, it's not fun. Like I, I suppose there are people in this world who enjoy doing something like this. And I will admit, I mean, there is kind of a, that project brain of mine kind of goes, okay, we can do this, you know, but y'all, it is so much work. Like it is physically, emotionally exhausting. It's hard on families. It takes so much time. And it's rarely time that you're like, you know what I think I'm going to do I think I'm going to go clean out my parents' house today. No, it's usually because something happened, something emotional and really difficult and traumatic for the people involved. Something has happened and now all of a sudden, life has to stop and this has to be done. So um, that's where that dread, you know, kind of painting, I'm hoping to paint this picture in both a way that makes you go, okay, I can do this, but also in a way that makes you go, Okay. That is a lot of work. And the more decluttering I do now is going to make that easier on either me or the people who have to do it someday. Y'all, I have actually, and, and those of y'all listening who are baby boomers, um, know this because you're listening, but, um, for those of you who are not of that specific, uh, generation, I think I'm a gen X. I'm not really sure. I always get confused on that, but anyway, I was born in 74, so I'm not sure what, which one anyway. Um, But I have a big baby boomer audience. And that was such a surprise to me. I probably realized that maybe four or five years ago, or maybe even longer. I don't know. I have time passage awareness disorder, whatever. But I realized, you know, because I was hearing more and more from people who that was their situation. And it made me realize, oh, that's part of why decluttering is such a big topic of conversation in the world these days. It's because baby boomers are Cleaning out their parents' house. Now, my husband is not a baby boomer. You know, we, I specifically am ta- referring to my in law's house and how we've had to clean that out, but his sister is. So they have an age difference. So, anyway, you know, baby boomers are cleaning out their parents' houses, seeing and experiencing how much work and how much of a hassle it is, and are then saying, okay, I don't want to do this to my kids. I'm going to clean out my own house now. And that's where I come in, you know? So, I find it interesting, you know, that that's kind of one of the things that has, you know, grown my audience of people who listen and and follow the stuff that I do. So, the best advice that we were given, which not everyone has the luxury of following, when we went to visit uh, the assisted living where my mother in law lived, uh, where she eventually moved into. That's right by my house. Um, We went there, we visited it, um, we took a tour, you know, we were kind of in this phase of it's time y'all are moving, you know, like I had visited it years before because we knew that this was going to be coming and we wanted to get an idea of what all was involved how much it was going to cost we had no idea if there was even a possibility for them to live at the one near us but my mother-in-law uh, we brought her down we said you're going on this tour we were going to bring my father-in-law too but uh, you know he'd broken his hip um, and he, he was in rehab and couldn't come but we took her through for the tour and they were lovely like truly lovely And one of the things they did was they have a little dining room and not all places have this, but this was a Brickdale, which there's those everywhere. And this is not sponsored by Brookdale <laughs> anyway, but they, um, cause my grandmother lived in a Brookdale as well. So that's why I know they all look pretty much exactly the same, but there's a little dining room and it's kind of a place where, you know, if your family comes and wants to all eat together, you kind of have this sort of kind of private, you know, dining area. So they had us eat a meal in there with them and they brought in, um, two ladies who lived there and had moved in. Probably one had moved in within the last year and one had moved in a couple years before. One of them we actually knew from church and they ate with us. And so we just got to talk through things and it was really helpful for us. But one of the pieces of advice that those ladies gave was if at all possible, move as slowly as you can. And and they didn't mean like, you know, move a little bit at a time. What they meant was, you know, go ahead and move before somebody has to get rid of every single thing in your house, you know, like if there's any way to not be on a super tight deadline of moving the day before somebody is going to be moving into your house that got sold. Do you know what I mean? Like when you're in a normal phase of life, as opposed to this, where you're moving into assisted living and majorly downsizing, a lot of times it's okay, you sell the house and then this is the date that we have to be out. And it's the same date that somebody else can be in. So what their advice was, if you can avoid that kind of a, a situation, avoid it and go ahead and move in giving yourself as much time as you have possible before the house is actually going to be completely cleaned out. Because they said, you're going to get here and you're going to think, oh, I wish I had my such and such. Or, oh, you know what? I do have room for this. Or, oh, that picture that which for my mother in law, it was a, a picture that she had purchased for her mother. Um, that was a big purchase for her back when she was you know, a teenager, and she had bought it for her mother. And she'd always had it hanging in her laundry room. And she said, I really want that picture where before she had moved down there, she thought, Oh, I probably won't have a space for that. But when she got down there, she lived for a while and was like, Oh, I could totally put that picture here in my bathroom. I don't remember where she put it anyway. But that was their main advice. And we were in the situation where we were able to do that. Okay. That was a luxury that we had. And even, it, you know, for us, it kind of drew on for a long time. It ended up being, you know, like six months, I think. But even if it's moved down two weeks before the house is going to be completely cleared out um, for the next owner, that is incredibly helpful. So if you are able to give yourself that time do that instead of staying in your house up until the very last minute and then moving. And then everything you, you're moving at the same time that everything's being removed from the house just because of that. And so I think that that was great advice because one of the ladies there did, her daughter had sold the house and she had to get out. I mean, like it was, which there was more to it than this. It wasn't like the daughter was being cruel or anything, but that was the situation is basically, she waited till the very last minute. And honestly, her apartment, because they went and they showed us their individual apartments. So that was really helpful to kind of see what you could put in these places, which they were tiny. I think they were 324 square feet. One of them had the biggest one, which is like 360 square feet for for where they were. But um, anyway, we went and the one who had moved so incredibly fast was packed in and I really, I wonder, I don't know, it's not my situation, but I do wonder if she had been able to move slowly, if maybe she would have brought a little bit less instead of having that panicked, no, I need that, 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 that. Do you know what I mean? So that, that was good advice that I was really glad that they said and also kind of gave my mother-in-law the freedom to ask for stuff after she was there. You know, She's like, hey, can you get... And she always felt bad. And I was like, why do you feel bad? Go ahead. It's fine. We can do this. Okay. So as we go through this whole thing, do consider as you're going into somebody's home and helping them do this, because the reality of being at this phase of life is there are Typically, a lot of physical limitations, which generally is what has led to them needing to move into a situation where they have, you know, more safety. As far as, you know, for my mother in law, she didn't need someone to take her to the bathroom or anything like that. But we did not feel comfortable her living an hour from my husband and I and I think it was like 45 minutes for my sister-in-law you know nobody could get there in 15 minutes to help her and she we just felt much better with the limitations that she had for her to be safer to be in an assisted living situation so but so as you're going into this and you're like this I'm I'm helping this person which means I'm doing a lot of the physical labor sometimes that can what does my mom call it? Like it brings out my persnicketiness, like, well, I know, but I'm the one doing the work, so I get to say and yes, okay, but we talked about that last week and the week before, you know, just that whole mentality of being okay with um, you know, respecting the person who you're helping and and earning the right to be helpful and all that kind of stuff. But also consider this person's clutter threshold. And that's going to determine how much stuff they can bring. You know, for my mother, I mean, she's a pack it in perfectly, have as much as she can, but she can maintain it. And she doesn't, it doesn't turn into a mess. So, you know, she can bring 10, she can put 10 times the um, food storage containers, the Tupperware into a space than I can and keep it all under control. And it doesn't turn into a big mess. So she could take more stuff to an assisted living she's not there yet you know but then i would be able to because so consider the person's personal clutter threshold and as you um go into there and realize okay what what are they generally able to handle at their current physical level versus um you know what is it that i would prefer to have you know like what what can they actually handle and a lot of that is determined by you know the the current state of of what they're able to do um i have to tell a story on my mom and i may have told y'all this before but so my parents this also tells you a little bit about them hi mom if you're listening i don't know if, do you listen anymore make sure you tell me next time we see each other but anyway my dad had uh, cancer And uh, they caught it early. Thankfully, this is probably 10 years ago now, maybe. I don't know. My parents both are like, let's research it. Let's figure out the very best thing to do. And let's go do it. I mean, they're like super aggressive on that kind of stuff. So they found out that here we are in Texas. And yet they, this uh, place in Loma Linda, California, had the proton therapy, which I believe is a lot more common now. But like they were kind of the only place that really had it and, and was anyway, I don't remember exactly why, but they moved to Loma Linda for several months to do my dad's cancer treatment. And so they drove out there in their minivan. And I knew that my mom was making her lists and packing up every single thing that they would need for this three months. Plus, 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 because my mom is the farthest thing from a minimalist that you could ever possibly imagine. But again, she has a really high clutter threshold, so she keeps it all under control. Okay. So she drove out there. I mean, she packed up every plate, not just for them, but in case they had, because she has brothers who live out there. And so, you know, in case they company, whatever, um, you know, I mean, they had sheets and blankets and towels and all the, everything you would need for a kitchen. So, you know, crock pot and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, when they had come back and we were talking one day, she said something about how she felt horrible that she had brought a vegetable peeler back with her from the apartment in, in Loma Linda. Cause they have this whole setup of, you know, places where people live while they're um, one of them is getting their cancer treatment. And I said, wait a minute, mom, how did you bring a, you know, cause at first I was like, Oh, okay. And then I went, wait, you have a vegetable peeler From the apartment in Loma Linda, I said, "Wait a minute, was that was that a furnished apartment? Yeah, furnished as in it had everything you needed in the kitchen, including vegetable peelers. Did it have sheets and blankets? And well, yeah, but you know, she wasn't for sure exactly what was there, so she went ahead and packed up everything she could possibly need." anyway oh my word y'all that is just when I think about that and I think about what my mother because realistically she and my dad at some point will probably live in the same assisted living center where my mother-in-law lived anyway (laughs) right by my house so I know for a fact that we're gonna take a lot more stuff for my parents and she'll be able to handle it and I'll be there to be able like hey mom can't handle it anymore let's Remember, I wrote the book. Remember, Clutter thresholds. Anyway, but that's just an example of her clutter threshold and her personality. And maybe where I get some of my issues that brought me to the point where I had so much stuff because I thought I had to have everything for any possible situation in the future. Not knowing I had a really low clutter threshold. Our first sponsor this week is PrepDish. PrepDish is a longtime sponsor of this podcast. I'm sure you've heard me talk about them before. Um, And I love hearing from so many of you who have used PrepDish and it's made your life easier. PrepDish is one of the very best ways that we personally as a family keep healthy eating on track in our house. PrepDish helps turn good intentions into reality. So what is PrepDish? Well, it's a healthy subscription-based meal planning service with a unique twist, following the plan that Allison sends you each week via email, which includes a paleo plan, a gluten-free plan, and a super fast prep plan. You do all your prep work in one session. It takes like one to three hours. You do all the chopping, the sauce making, all that kind of stuff. You do that. And then throughout the week, you can put those healthy meals together and get them cooked and on the table super fast because all the hard work is already done. I'm telling you, it's genius. Try it out. See if it's a good fit for your family. Allison is offering listeners of A Slob Comes Clean, a free two-week trial. Go to prepdish.com slash clean. That's prepdish, P-R-E-P-D-I-S-H.com slash clean for a free two-week trial. Our next sponsor is Carbona. Carbona has been helping people live life unstained for more than a century. Carbona offers a wide range of cleaning and home care solutions that deliver impressive results from specific stain removers for specific stain types to highly efficient products for your laundry, carpets, and washing machine just this week. I had the chance to sing the praises of Carbona's Color Grabber. That's one of their core products. A friend was asking, so how do you wash bright colors together without the clothes getting wonky looking like from all the different colors mixing together? I said, Carbona's Color Grabber. Carbona's Color Grabber prevents color runs and bleeds. So sorting isn't as necessary and it keeps clothes looking longer looking longer, (laughs) looking new longer. It's made from microfiber for better absorption of loose dyes in the wash. My daughter uses them all the time because it lets her wash mixed colored laundry loads with confidence. I love being able to drop a color grabber in any mixed load. Want to start living your life unstained? Shop carbona.com with code clean for 20% off your order. Again, use the code clean at carbona.com for 20% off your order. Okay. So a little more details on our experience. So my, my in-laws, I believe their house was about 1,850 square feet and the apartment that she moved into was 324 square feet. So that just kind of gives you an idea. Container concept is everything. For those of you, if this happens to be your first podcast that you've ever listened to of mine, well, let me tell you about the container concept, because basically it's the answer to every single question I ever get about decluttering. And it's the thing that I have done, use the concept I've used in my home that has made the biggest impact. And that is containers are limits. They're not for putting stuff in, they're actual limits. And when I realized that a container, the purpose of it is to limit how much of something I keep meaning if I have a bookshelf, I can only keep the number of books that will fit comfortably on that shelf and allow me to be able to pull them out easily and use them. Um, If I have more books than will fit on the bookshelf, then it's never going to be neat. Like it's just a fact of life. And not only is a bucket, a container, but the bookshelf is a container and Every room is a container. My entire home is a container, meaning the size of my house determines how much stuff I can keep and my house actually stay under control. And when I was trying to keep more stuff in the space than it could actually physically hold and me still be able to move around and do the things I needed to do, my house had no chance of ever being organized or under control or whatever. So, um, the container concept is everything here. So before we had 1850 square feet of container, and now we were moving to 324 square feet. So thinking of that, you know, the, the way the container concept works and the way it's beautiful in decluttering is that I fill it. I fill any space like a bookshelf for books. I fill it with my favorite books first, and then that naturally sorts out the things I don't actually need. Because there's something that happens in my brain when I go, well, does this book have value? Well, I might read it one day. You know, I started it. I didn't really love it that much. And yet, well, but you never know. Maybe one of these days I'll actually be, I'll be in a different frame of mind and blah, blah, blah. Instead, I go, these are the books I know for sure I want to keep. Oh, the book f- bookshelf is full. Oh, well, even though I would love to keep those things, I can't because the size of the bookshelf So what we're doing is we're filling up the new space, the downsized space that we're in, which obviously this is even to a more of an extreme if you're going into a nursing home because then the beds are provided and one little dresser is provided. And other than that, you're taking a few personal things. But we're talking about moving into a little teeny tiny little assisted living apartment. So you have to change the math and apply it to whatever situation you're in. But as we do that, we're filling it with our favorite things first. Now, she lived an hour away. So it wasn't a matter of, let's take a couple things over there. Let's see how it looks. And besides the fact, the things she needed, she needed right then, as in her lift chair and her bed that had, um, it was like a day bed, one of those iron ones, because she was able to, you know, pull herself in and out of bed easily with that. So, you know, that bed was like, I'm going to sleep in it in one night, one night in my house, and I'm going to sleep in it the next night. I'm talking weird. Anyway, I'm going to sleep in it the next night in the assisted living, my new apartment. You know I mean? Like that, it wasn't like we could move things a little at a time and then make do and sleep on the floor while we're waiting. No, I mean, it had to be. So we were basically having to do math, which I try to avoid math in the whole decluttering process because the way I used to do math and decluttering was to go, okay, if I'm going to decide how many clothes I need, then, um, let me think of, what the weather is on all the 365 days of the year, how many days are rainy, how many days are long sleeve weather, and how many days are short. And I would get into this crazy, crazy progression of thought that did nobody any good, you know. But this is where math comes in real, real handy. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is, you know, what will actually fit. Because for us, and I'm assuming this is going to be the way it is in almost any place now, the floor plans for her specific apartment were on the internet, you know, on the, the website of this place. So, and and it was, it honestly was not that hard with her because she was, she was really great about being like, no, I don't need that. No, I don't need that. But we did do things like, okay, this is how much space you have in kind of the only place to put your TV. So, the house you're in right now has three different TV stands and I know you like that one the best, but it's too big. So out of the other two, um, that would actually fit in this space, which is the one that you want that one. Okay. We're going to mark that. I think I use sticky notes uh, these are the things that we're going to load up on this day when we go. Um, okay. You've got room for your two recliners, one for you, one for my father-in-law, and then out of the end tables or type things that we have in here, these are the two that mathematically could fit, you know, cause we're using measuring tapes could fit in the space between these two recliners. Which one do you want? Okay. So that, that's how we basically first picked out the things that we wanted to take with us because that's the goal, right? I mean, you're, you're going to have to sort through everything eventually and figure out who it goes to in the family. But the number one person, the only person that really, really matters in this whole process it was my in-laws, you know, which ultimately ended up just being her because he passed away. But you know, they're the ones who matter. It's their stuff. Okay. So she gets first dibs on everything of what she wants to take. And so, Container concept. Uh, If it's you and you're the one doing the downsizing, and it's your own home and your own space, and you're making these decisions, and you've listened to my podcast, so you know what the container concept is. Chant it to yourself again and again. Container concept. Container concept. What's the reality of the space where I'm taking this stuff? What is actually going to fit? Because you know we're going. We're probably going to end up decluttering once we get there anyway. But the easier you can make make it on yourself later, you know, the less you have to load something in a truck to get there unload it and then find out it doesn't fit the the more you can avoid that the better off your situation is going to be and how you're happier you're going to be happier anyway so if it's you chan it chan it chan it if it's not you if it's that you know this person maybe don't lecture and tell them well there's this thing called the container concept instead take you having had this understanding of the container concept and say well Here's the space on this wall. You know, when we looked at it and there's really only enough space for the two recliners. Now, my grandmother had an apartment that I actually think was exactly the same as what my mother in law had in a different Brookdale, but she had a couch and I think it was kind of a smaller couch, but she had a couch along the wall and then one recliner. Um, my mother in law had two recliners and then a, uh, like a long thin table along the wall. So, you know, there's different ways to to do this, but it's, it's kind of helping them with figuring this out and saying, okay, this is the amount of space that you have. What are the most important things for you to take? Well, it may not all fit. So, okay, I know you want to take all of this, but not all that's going to fit. So you could either take two recliners and A small little chair. You could take the two recliners and a table. You could take the two recliners or the one recliner and a love seat or, you know, that kind of thing is giving them these options because it's their home that they're creating. But it's also letting the size of the container, letting the size of the space be the bad guy in this situation. If there's a bad guy that needs to be there, it's always nice when you let the container be the bad guy. Okay. Okay. So for us, it was supposed to be two people in this apartment. And I'll just be honest, that would have been really tight. I think the next, the other apartment option, which they didn't have available at the time was like 360 square feet, um, which doesn't sound like a lot more, but I think it does make a difference. But uh, it it was going to be tight, um, especially because One queen size bed was not really an option. They had, you know, gotten used to kind of sleeping in their own rooms, and um, so we needed two twin size beds. We kind of had to arrange them funny, but it worked. Um, And I honestly thought it was actually kind of good because it gave them something to hold on to as they um, walked around in that room for my father in law. But basically, we had the two beds, a dresser. Like it didn't have room for a an actual. I don't know which one do you call chest of drawers or dressers but this was one of the ones that was smaller you know it was like one bank of drawers and then a mirror on top she that that we had room for but we kind of had to arrange it like it kind of went in front of the sliding door to the bathroom which didn't block any block the door in any way but you know it wasn't the absolute most ideal place to put it but that's the space that there was um and so that was basically all that we could take I mean that's what we figured out and I think with the dresser she didn't think there was room for it and I figured out mathematically that you could have this dresser if you wanted it and that made her happy because that was something that she a piece of furniture that she really loved now with clothing that was her thing that she had a lot of um, that had filled basically every closet in the entire three bedroom home that she was coming out of. So that was the one thing that it was hardest to do. So one, one of the things we did first was I went through and, um, you know, while she sat in her chair in the living room, I would bring a armful of clothes from either a drawer or from one of the, um, closets, I would bring it in and I would just hold everything up. And she'd, you know, give me the yes and no because when you're in this situation, all of a sudden you do have to decide that you can't take everything, you know. And so it was actually, we kind of went through it and did the easy stuff first. You know, my whole decluttering process of doing trash and easy stuff and all that, that's all a little bit wonkyfied in this situation. But we did do, you know, just get rid of the easy stuff without worrying about, oh, we can only take this much. We just kind of purged that. So then we were able to, I don't know that we did this necessarily, but like we, you, you could take the measurement of the closet and go measure that much in a closet in the home that you have and say, okay, let's put your favorite ones on here first so that you know, before you even get there, this is what is going to fit. You know, this is how, this is the amount of clothing that we can take. But we didn't, we didn't do that, but that would be an option. I think we did do that on the drawers and the dresser to say, okay, let's put your, you know, pick out your favorite, um, your your best of you know socks and underwear and all that kind of stuff you know to put in the the dresser drawers and let's fill those up first and then whatever didn't fit then um went away and again went away as in like we're gonna donate it or whatever we were doing with things that is one of those natural I don't have to be the bad guy and say that you can't take all of your stuff because you actually had three dressers full or the dresser that you had was way too big for the space that you're going into. I'm not being the bad guy. I'm saying this is the dresser that you're going to have in your new apartment. Let's put your favorite stuff in there first. And it just naturally sorts out the things that aren't quite as lovely and necessary and exciting. And so it just is where the container concept works really well to help with the emotions of things. So we did clothing. Okay. So furniture was first, clothing was second. Then we packed up a small box of kitchen essentials. And this was one that we, I think this is probably the one situation where we didn't fully quite understand. We didn't know what all she was gonna do in her apartment. She just had a microwave. She didn't have a stove. But I was like, well I don't I don't know what you're gonna want, you know? Um and she really wasn't one to use crock pots or any kind of anything. She just used her stove and her oven. And she wasn't gonna have that there. So um we we did take a little bit more and then once we got down here, we ended up, you know, putting stuff in her cabinets and then getting rid of some, some more, you know, so we probably took a little bit more, but then, then we were actually going to be able to fit, but that's okay. All right. So we just kind of took the, the kitchen essentials because her meals were going to be in the dining room, but I didn't know how much she was going to want to be creative and be able to do some things, um, in her kitchen there. So. Uh, we container concepted things down. Uh, we've got kitchen stuff, bathroom stuff. We did a small box of um, bathroom stuff. That was about it, right? Um, and it's also it, one of the things in this type of a setting is it's kind of like dorm room, you know, as far as when you're in a home and you're thinking, okay, well, we're going to have guests, or what? You know, we've got pe- kids having people spend the night, whatever you don't have that luxury in that situation. So maybe one set of sheets and then a spare, you know, for when that set of sheets is being washed, one set of towels, and then a spare that all that kind of stuff is in my mind, a lot easier to pare down. And it might be one of those things that you have to help somebody talk through of okay, well, let's let's think through what is the actual situation of you being in this new place? You know, you're not going to have a bed for people to sleep in. So when we come visit you, we're either going to stay at Dana's house, or we're going to stay in a hotel nearby or whatever, or we're going to come get you and bring you back to our house. That kind of stuff, you know, it's that shifting of, This is the realities of the home that I'm living in now. So that's something to think about. Another thing too, and I've talked about this before with photos, but you know, I, um, she had so many framed photos all over the house, which is completely what most people have, you know, after they lived in a house for a long time and they had grandkids and all that, I took the photos out of the frame. I went to Hobby Lobby and I bought a really nice, large photo album, like a nice, large leather photo album. And I just took everything. It was actually a a job that my daughter did. I've told you all this before, but anyway, my daughter went through, took all the photos out of frames and put them inside the photo album. We only had to trim a very few of them, but even that, you know, it just is what it is (laughs) because we do still have a picture of my husband's senior picture that is humongous. And I don't know what to do with that, but we'll probably trim it down and put it in the album that we now have. But, but that, that's just what we did. And, um, so that took what would have been boxes and boxes full of framed photos and put it into one small thing that there was plenty of room for in her um, space. And it also helped us. It also was a way for me to say, you know, you can have some personal stuff there. You're not because she was like, I don't know what to do with all those. Well, it's hard when you think I'm giving up all these things that I Make me feel like my home is my home, and remind me of my family. I don't have room or space for any of that stuff anymore. And it's like, no, you you can have that. It's in a little bit different format, but yeah, you've still got these pictures and things that you want to look at. Okay, so once we went through, marked everything again. We weren't actually going to move it until she moved, Um, but we marked everything with sticky notes that we were going to be moving, and we pulled those things out of spaces then I went, started going through the house and, um, actually like getting it emptied basically. Um, now our plan was to have an estate sale and we did look into using an estate sale company. Um, but we ended up deciding that we were just going to, you know, do it ourselves. So, So, you know, we were not packing everything up to donate. So things didn't have to be like Packed perfectly, but I was pulling everything out of spaces so that we could actually go through everything because the goal at that point was okay, she has the stuff that she wants and needs for her space figured out. Now I'm going to go through these spaces and I'm going to figure out what the family wants. Okay. So as I would take a drawer or a cabinet or anything, I would take a photo of it and I would text it to the family. Now our family is my husband and I, my sister-in-law and her husband, and then her two daughters who are both adults with their own um, families. So, you know, th- all of those adults in there were part of this group and I would text them a picture. I would say, okay, tell me what you want. And people would say, this is what I would like to have or whatever. Or sometimes they wouldn't answer for a while and then they would answer and I'd be like, I'm sorry, I've already packed that up. We'll see if I can find it later. Anyway. Um, cause you never answered but I would send out the text and then they would tell me what they want. And then I had designated spaces throughout the house. So like, Okay, Emily, your stuff is going to be in this corner of the living room. Allison, yours is going to be in this corner. You know, so that kind of thing was what I had going on. And so I would put things in their spaces. And you know, for you, like maybe if your family is larger than that, you're dealing with more people. I'm not saying this is going to be easy because oh my goodness, sometimes this is where families have a lot of real problems. But for us, it worked better than I thought it would. Or that that I imagined it would to do it this way, you know, because it was me saying, here's everything. I don't know what's important to some people, you know, something that I might have first, I might have stuck in the trash, because I thought it was complete junk. Somebody else is like, Oh, well, that's actually my such and such from when I was a kid. And yes, of course, I want it or whatever. So I would just take an actual picture. Now, my in-laws were not hoarders, so things were not shoved. They weren't in piles and all that. It was very packed full. But it, you know, I was able to to take pictures and I might pull some things out and take pictures. But as I did that and pulled things out, well, then that became less. And once I was at the point where her stuff was out, the stuff the family wanted was out, then it was simply a matter of sorting out, this is trash. And this is stuff that's going to go in the garage sale. And then I would run across random things that, um, you know, maybe she would want or something that we, she hadn't thought of before. And we would decide if she was going to have enough space for it in her, in her space. Our next sponsor is Butcher Box. We're meat eaters in our family like my husband and therefore my teenage boys don't consider a meal to be real unless there's meat involved. I try to do my best when shopping, but the reality is that in a small town like where we live, not everyone has convenient access to high quality meat. I used to hear about things like hundred percent grass fed and finished beef, free range, organic chicken, heritage breed pork or wild caught salmon and think, um, where in the world would I even buy that? Luckily there is butcher box. ButcherBox believes everyone deserves high quality, humanely sourced meat. It's so nice to have ButcherBox meat just show up. Everything's frozen. They've got stuff in the box to make sure it stays frozen. And um, it's all like vacuum packed. It's ready to go straight into my freezer. I don't have to like chop things or separate it out or whatever. It's lovely. ButcherBox ships a curated selection of high quality meats right to my home. All meat is free of antibiotics and added hormones. Each box has nine to 11 pounds of meat enough for 24 individual meals. It's packed fresh and shipped frozen and vacuum sealed. So it stays that way. I can customize my box or I can go with one of theirs. Either way, I get exactly what I want. Right now, Butcher Box is offering new members ground beef for life. That's two pounds of ground beef in every box for the life of their subscription. Plus, $20 off their first box. That's a really good deal, you guys. Okay. Just go to butcherbox.com/slob or enter the promo code slob at checkout. That's butcherbox.com/slob or enter promo code slob at checkout. Now, most of the time I mentioned that we decided to do our own estate sale most, you know, I'm a huge fan of donating. Like I am all about donating stuff that once upon a time I would never have dreamed of donating. Of course I would have sold it because I would have thought, how could someone just donate that when you could get money for it? But I personally have come to the point where almost exclusively every once in a while I will sell something or try to sell something. But for the most part, I just donate things, but it's different in this situation. First of all, we're in a situation where, there's a whole lot of stuff. And we're in a situation where we can have an estate. So where people get to come in and walk around and see everything. And so we don't have to drag everything out onto the garage um, or out onto the driveway out front of the house. Instead, we are pulling everything out and putting now I did put stuff in boxes. For the most part, just because I needed to be able to see the progress that I was making. And if I just started pulling everything out and setting it on cabinets, it was going to make me crazy, you know. But I, so I did do that and then put things, you know, out for the garage sale as we put tables out and things. But just going through every last thing, because going through every last thing also means that I get rid of a lot of the trash, which means there's less to deal with, but it also helps everybody kind of go, okay, it's not like we're missing something, you know, because there's that, what if there's something hidden in the back and then we don't, I, you know, it, it, it helps because you need to have every single thing pulled out of every space for this estate sale. But the one of the reasons to do the that is because, you know, it's expensive. It's expensive to move. It's expensive to move into this phase of life and doing the U-Haul and all that kind of stuff. And it just also is a way, I mean, there's a lot of people, I'm kind of a weirdo, to be willing to donate things. Most people, especially in this type of a move, are not willing to donate things. And so, as I'm helping her, you know, it helps me say that I don't consider your stuff to be junk, which I didn't anyway. But sometimes people think if you don't think it can be sold or you don't want to sell it, that you think it's junk. So, it's a way for me to, you know, be like, okay, well, we'll, we'll sell this um, eventually. Okay. So, as we did that, I joined Facebook groups in my mother-in-law's neighborhood. So, you know, it didn't do any good for me to join stuff for me to list her stuff in Facebook groups that were an hour away where we lived. So I joined some things. Some of them I had to explain because they're like, where do you live? And I'm like, well, technically I don't live here, but here's what's going on. Um, and this is why I'm joining this, this Facebook group. And so uh, as we would come across something that I was like, you know, this might sell for a little bit more on Facebook than it would in a garage sale. I would just go ahead and post it. Now, I wouldn't say where she lived because I didn't want people to know until they'd already we'd already talked to each other and decided they were coming to to pick it up. Um, But I would uh, have her you know, tell me how much she wanted for it. We talked about this in the last podcast. We put it up there. We, we tried to do that. So I was, that's another way for me to prove that, yes, there is value in your stuff, which is something that people really need to hear as they start to see everything they've ever owned and collected over their life, just kind of going away, you know, so that's a helpful thing in that relationship with people. Um, now at this point of going through every last thing, um, boxing it up, making sure, giving us all assurance that yes, we've gone through everything. We haven't just left a corner that has the family jewels in it or whatever. I don't know. A valid option is to hire an estate sale company. This is what they do for me personally. If I was doing this, I would like to have gotten to this point, which we did consider hiring an estate sale company, but we decided to do ourselves, but I would have liked to have gotten to this point because it made me go, okay, everything else that's in this house can go. If you're looking at hiring an estate sale company, advice that I would have would be to ask people who live in that area go to some estate sales. You know, I mean, generally on a Friday and a Saturday, and some areas on Sundays you're going to be able to find some estate sales. So go to some, find out, okay, well, this one, the people seem really obsessed with, the people running it seem really obsessed with super high value crystal and all that kind of stuff. And maybe we don't have that. You know, we didn't have a lot of that where um, in my in-laws house. But, you know, start to kind of get the feel for different ones that you think, you know, interview them, ask them some questions, not like a major interview. They don't have time for all that right then. But if you're able to kind of have a conversation with somebody who's running the estate sale, ask them questions, find out how it works, you know, ask people around there, you know, maybe somebody that your in-laws knew and it's very possible that are your older relatives knew, maybe you grew up in that area, ask your friends from childhood who've been through the same process with their parents, you know, who did they use or what did they do? Uh, Because it's always good to have that personal recommendation because you are dealing with your relatives life collection of stuff. So anyway, so at that point was about when we moved my mother-in-law Now, I went and did more after, but I had pretty much gotten gone through the entire house while she was still there. And, you know, depending on their mental state or or frustration over this whole situation, some people might not be able to handle that. I think it would have stressed my father in law out completely if he had been there when I was going through everything like that. So it might have been a different situation. We might have needed to move them a little sooner and then we go through everything. But we got her moved um, and then you can really see what's left. It gives them, gave her plenty of time to say, hey, can you bring my such and such? Or did we bring my favorite slippers? Can you go see if you can find them? You know, so we would go do that. And then we had the estate seal, you know, just a little interesting thing interesting, but also makes my heart hurt a little bit was um, something my mom told me one time about what she'd heard from estate sales. And this could be wrong. Maybe you're an estate sale provider and you can tell me differently, but she had heard that um, with, I think her mother-in-law, no, her mother, when they had done hers, that most estate sale companies do not want the person there while they're actually having the estate sale. Um, Partly because it can make people very stressed out. Um, they can really question, you know, they see something leaving. It's kind of like the whole black trash bag thing. The reason we put things in a black trash bag is so people don't see something you put in the trash and realize, Oh, I want that, you know? So they don't aren't able to go, Oh, wait, wait, wait. It's just too stressful on people. But also because the part of the stress is seeing the things that they really thought were valuable going for a lot less Um, which an estate sale they're known for you know charging a lot more for items than you would at a garage sale but still it's it's very traumatic you know so we my mother-in-law I think we might have kind of half-heartedly offered for her to come up there for the estate sale and she said she didn't want to so we didn't push it you know but I I think there is kind of some wisdom there in not having somebody there for their own estate sale. Cause it's just, it's hard, but we put her, I mean, we, we did all the work and, um, we honestly, I, I think, I think my sister-in-law basically sold the house, you know, because an estate sale, people start coming and looking and they know that, Oh, you know, you're moving out. And so she ended up, I think had several offers on the house within the week or two after the estate sale. And we just basically, told her the totals. And then my sister-in-law deposited that money into her bank account, uh, into my mother-in-law's bank account. And then we took her some cash, you know, she didn't want to have a whole lot of cash at her assisted living place just because that made her nervous. But, you know, we took her some cash so she would have some spending money and kind of experience the benefits of what we had done. Um, And then the other stuff went into her bank account and um, that was it. And then there was the final clean out, which for us, we kind of lucked out because the people who bought the house said, leave everything. I think that was part of their bargaining thing was you won't have to clean out anything because we're going to get the house anyway. So we'll bring dumpsters and you can just leave whatever you want and we'll throw it all away. So that was a huge, lovely thing to happen. But what we were ready to do was to call a junk removal place. Like after the estate sale was over, after things were gone, then we, um, I don't know who we would have called cause we didn't end up having to, but you know, I know, I think I did a thing with 1-800-GOT-JUNK once, one time, uh, when one of my books came out. And, uh, so I got to kind of find out how that all works, you know, go ahead and interview places that are around you. Find out if it's important to you that things get donated or recycled or whatever. A lot of those places do that. They don't all just go take stuff and dump it at the dump. Okay. I I'm pretty sure don't quote me on this. You'd have to go read the article, but I'm pretty sure that 1-800-GOT-JUNK does a lot of that. Like they recycle as much stuff as they possibly can. And, um, one of their things that they are really big on is that they clean the space after, you know, so you kind of have to decide, do we want, To rent a dumpster and us do all the physical work of putting things out there. Do we want to hire a company that maybe comes out and we know they're going to recycle everything? Um, but we still have to do the work of pulling it all out and putting it in the, the thing. Or do we want to, you know, I I think 1-800 got junk part of their thing is that they will go into the attic and they, and again, don't quote me, ask them, but they will go into the attic or go into the basement or go in whatever. And they will actually do the hauling of the stuff, um, which that was what we were willing to do. Like we were willing to use the estate sale money, a portion of it to pay for that because, you know, it just has to be done. It's just part of it. Like, again, we, we lucked out big time when we didn't have to do any of that, but That is the reality, which is another thing, you know, as we talked about at the beginning, using the reality of how much work all of this is to help you declutter now. Think about that. Like, think about what if we had to sell everything in my house and then that money all had to go to paying someone to come and take away all the stuff that didn't sell like that's, that's kind of depressing, right? So how much better to go ahead and get rid of all that stuff that would never sell anyway. You know what I mean? Like that's just motivation to go ahead and do that decluttering now, but that final clean out, you know, and and then having it there. Now, obviously if you're, I'm talking about the long process, if you're on a short process, you do what you can. And yet I would say it's very similar, you know, like either, Hey, I'm going to take pictures. And this stuff is going to be here for two more days, or it's it's going to have to go with things if y'all don't come pick it up or I'm going to, you know, but I can't bring it to my house because I don't have the space. <laughs> or if you want some stuff from the house, this is the deadline that we're on. Come help so you can get what you want. A tightened deadline means you don't have the luxury of going through all this process and yet you still can, you know, you can do the math and take what you know will fit in the the new living space that's downsized and then everything else, let's go through, pick out what we want, take it, acknowledging the container that you're taking it to, which is your own house. And then everything else is going to have to go, you know, from an estate sale or from, junk removal. So anyway, I hope that's been helpful at all. Um, I know not everybody's in this situation, but again, uh, we're all going to get there eventually. And you know, maybe you're going from a 3000 square foot house to a 1850 square foot house, you know, whatever. It's the same basic concept, you know, I mean, there's that. that's just reality. It's the same basic concept. So I think that's it for today. Thanks for joining me and I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.